welcome to episode 96 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans' theme-specific, sometimes off-topic podcast. My name is Mike Solosi, and I'm your host for today, and I'm here with two RPG fan legends of the website. Legends? Really? Mm-hmm. Am I legendary? Like, does that make me, what, a purple or a, or a green? No, green is set. No, yeah. legendary is sort of that, that sort of off-orange, goldish color. Orangey? Yeah, orangey. Yeah. I think the official term is orangey. Well, the, the first voice you heard there, other than me, was Rob Steinman. Hello, how we doing? Random encounter in the house. Wait, wait, but who are you on the boards? I, I, I oh, God, no, I'm Pale, I'm Pale Robbie on the boards. Oh, okay, uh, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm barely awake right now. We just went out for breakfast, and I ate way too much French toast and had way too much coffee. Sounds like, sounds like a great morning. But, uh, all right. Oh, oh it, was, it was glorious. I'm not complaining about that. And in addition to me and Rob, we have RPG fan editor-in-chief, John Tucker. Well, technically managing editor. Oh, okay. My bad. Uh, yes, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to steal John's position. Uh, the other John. Hey, everybody. Uh, John Tucker here. Occasionally, Tucker on the boards. All right. Well, I'm very, very glad to be speaking to Robin Tucker about today's topic because it is a topic that all three of us um, will, you know, pop off on on a moment's notice because it's something that all three of us love dearly, and that is Diablo. Diablo. Hello. Blizzard's. Diablo. Uh, loot-heavy action RPG series that um, is 21 years old now, which is a little shocking. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and and something that Retro Encounter is very familiar with, we had two Diablo 3 episodes last year that were a lot of fun to record, but instead of focusing on just Diablo 3, we want to talk about the whole series on this special episode, especially how it's grown and evolved and the current state of Diablo 3, maybe look into the future a little bit for uh, Diablo 4, because I think the ship has sailed on a second Diablo 3 expansion. Yeah, yeah, it kind of looks like it right now. I mean, we just got the uh, Necromancer expansion, uh, which is really, really good. I mean, I- I'm in absolute love with it. That was like, to not have a Necromancer in Diablo 3, I get it, but the uh, Witch Doctor was kind of a weak substitute, a very different style class, not in a yeah. bad way. Um <laughs> But to have the Necromancer back is hugely important to me because I played yeah. a Necromancer all the time in Diablo 2. But it is kind of a question of are they going to do another expansion or are they, in fact, done with uh, Diablo 3? It yeah, feels th- like if they were going to do another expansion, they would have saved the Necromancer for that to be like, right. hey, buy this new expansion and you get this new class too. Right, and... But- um. Let, let, let's stay in the presence a little bit and talk about the Necromancer some more. John, you... Uh... You yeah. um, wrote a uh, a I, I guess it's, it wasn't totally a review because I mean uh, for DLC we don't write full reviews but you you gave the Necromancer a glowing recommendation in your review yeah. preview DLC uh, synopsis thing thing, thing. I don't, I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure what, not feature maybe I don't, we, I don't I don't know what the right word for it is yeah we do still we we still put them in the reviews we just uh, okay. don't give them a score like a number score right um, but you but you gave it a so. a, th- a thumbs up so to speak I did yep so uh, yep, yep. Um, so. So now I have not played the Necromancer DLC yet because I've been busy playing games for Retro Encounter and Persona 5 the past couple months and not Diablo 3, which is a game that I go back to like say two or three times a year. I'll play it for I'll play Diablo 3 for like 3 weeks solid and then take a break. Um yep. and, and I haven't had a, I haven't had my Diablo 3 binge in a couple months now. But I, but I, so I have not played the Necromancer yet. Can you give us an abridged version on yeah. um what it's a little bit like to play, maybe try to compare it uh, to other Diablo three classes, and uh, just uh, just give us your th- um, your thoughts in general. Open ended question. 
All right, cool. Yeah, so um, like, uh, I think what I like the most about it um, is that it does a really good job of taking the core of what the Necromancer class was in Diablo 2 and bringing it forward into sort of the Diablo 3 framework. Um, you still have the ability to set up that character in a number of different ways. If you want to be a zookeeper where you got a bunch of skeletons and a golem and a bunch of revives and everything hanging around you, you can totally do that. You can be successful doing that. Um, I just made a, uh, I just got a, oh, what do you call it? A hardcore necromancer up to level 70 oh, playing geez. that way. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Um, hardcore but... playthroughs just stress me out, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same here. Same yeah. here. Um, oh, and then for for, also... for listeners maybe not familiar, hardcore is oh, a yeah. uh, is a mode in, in every Diablo game. I think it is, was it in Diablo one as well. I, I don't think so. Okay, so in, in Diablo in two and three. Yeah, a mode in Diablo two and three, which is just like every other mode, except when you die once, you die permanently, and your character gets a little a little tombstone, a little entry on your profile of like like R I P, you know, uh, Leandro the Demon Hunter or something. <laughs> um, yep. But uh, and, and but yeah. I mean, but seeing how far you can level up a hardcore character is a is a sort of a classic challenge in a Diablo game. So sorry to interrupt, Tucker. Um, uh, uh, keep and, keep and keep in, going ahead. And in uh, Diablo three, uh, with the you know currently seventy is the the level cap. Um, so uh, but you can also do things totally differently. Um, where my first necromancer who was not hardcore, uh, good thing because. She's died a bunch of times. Um, <laughs> she she um, runs just with a golem because I like, you know, having somebody around. Uh, and uh, that was it. Uh, other than that, she used um, kind of spirit and bone type spells to kill everybody on screen. Uh, corpse explosion is back and it's super great. It's really good. Um, that's, that's that's one of, I think one that's one of the signature Diablo 2 oh, yeah. spells and I'm I'm glad that it's as fun as you say it is. <laughs> the be- the best I think that's the best thing about the it's a really good thing about the changes that they made to it um in Diablo 2 uh, corpse explosion targeted a single corpse of an enemy they exploded doing a percentage of their health in damage to the enemies in a certain radius around them. Uh, in Diablo 3, um, up to five corpses explode with one casting, just if there are five corpses close enough to each other, uh, and they do a fixed percentage of your weapon damage like most Diablo 3 skills do. So um, you get like you know, more bang for your buck in terms of five versus one, but also it's consistent, which is what made me hate that skill in two is that I really couldn't predict how much I was going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, as you say, it's a signature skill. It's, you know, uh, so yeah, I, I definitely think they did a great job with uh, bringing the Necromancer into Diablo three. 
and I'm playing a very different style necromancer. I am a minion heavy uh, necro. Mm. That's just the I love zoo, commanding an army. Ki- the zookeeper style, as as, yeah. John, as Tooker mentioned a moment ago. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of just lots and lots of skeletons around me. And I actually swapped out my corpse explosion for uh, revive because uh-huh. I just I just love constantly summoning up the armies of hell to keep working for me. And I've I found like as I started getting higher and I'm playing a rift right now, like once all the corpses are gone, that's like a main source of damage that's gone and that can be kind of troubling on a uh, unique enemy. So uh-huh. I like just constantly reviving my dudes to just keep beating up on it. Do you have it set to the um the rune that makes it so when your revives die, they just leave a corpse behind and you can yep. resummon them? Yep. Yeah, that's that a really, it really good, good on boss fights. That makes it really good on boss fights. Yeah, I'm glad they I'm glad they included that one. It's a really good character class, and I I know a lot of people were complaining about 15 bucks, and that's maybe a little too expensive for it. I think the sweet spot would have been nine or ten. Uh, but it is a really good character class. Plays very differently from the other casters. Uh, just a much more aggressive style. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really really good. That's that's very encouraging. I might, I don't know. I have some free time this afternoon. I might run out and get a twenty dollar Blizzard card and blow it on the Necromancer later today. I don't I know. Think I, I, I'm, I'm going. I'm. It's going to happen eventually. I don't. It's just. I, I don't have a lot of time for Diablo three right now. But th- that, that's all so encouraging. It's um. Uh, how, now I, I know that we've played Diablo three so many times between the three of us. We probably don't listen to the dialogue and lore much, but. How is the necromancer uh, going through the story mode? Um, they, they, I guess they talk about death and balance a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's it. A lot of, lot of death and balance talk. Um, doesn't have quite the personality. I, I think the best personality they've ever made is the, um, uh, the Crusader because mm. he's, he's kind of funny. Uh, both Crusader characters are very, very funny and kind of, I don't want to say cynical, but just kind of matter of fact, like, oh, well, there are demons. We should go fight these. Uh, the Necromancer is a little bit more metal. I mean, he's kind of what you would expect. I think he would go chill out at a bar with the uh, Demon Hunter, uh, which is cool. Like, that fits the personality type, but, you know, not a whole lot of personality to compare to, like, the Witch Doctor or the uh, Crusader. Well, I mean, obviously the best personality in Diablo 3 is the Templar, who has an adorable crush on the Enchantress, and is very, very into the idea of glory. Yes. <laughs> but, all right, well, th- this is all really encouraging. I'm uh, I'm glad that the Necromancer is super fun. I will play it eventually, but we're going to rewind the clock back 21 years now. Oh, boy. Because, oh, man. Because uh, Diablo 1 started something really special at Blizzard. It was one of the probably one of the first multiplayer RPGs I ever I ever encountered. Uh, okay, m- online multiplayer ones. I think I did some local co-op Secret of Mana before playing Diablo 1. But uh it's it started something really special. It going back to it is real annoying nowadays if only for so hard. if only for simple things like inventory management and maps and walk speed. Oh god, the walk speed is terrible. Yeah, my, bu- I, my buddy's been... actually playing the whole thing again right now. He managed to get his old copy working, mm-hmm. and like just walk watching the walk speed in that game is painful. Like, yeah, it's yeah. really bad. And it does it um it, it does one interesting thing that uh um you have your three characters your uh your bow using agile rogue your heavy armored warrior and your magic using sorcerer but all three of them can use a lot of the same spells, except the sorcerer can use more and use them better. And once you, and you, to get around that slow walk speed, you really, really gotta find that teleport spell. 
And, yep. and 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 so even the warrior who you know can be- is barely literate with his starting stats, uh, <laughs> like um has uh he can like the the teleport sp- spell if anything is more important for him than the other two since he uh, focuses on melee damage. But finding that teleport spell is like a turning point in the game because the rest of the game becomes way smoother and and faster and. I mean, and yeah. not surprisingly, Diablo 2 is a much faster game than Diablo 1, and Diablo 3 is a much faster game than Diablo 2 because Blizzard understood, oh, this is important to people. Yeah. But, it's, um, worth, uh, it's worth maybe mentioning for those who, who didn't play it or don't remember, in, in Diablo 1, there's no like skill trees. As Slosi said, you, mm-hmm. anybody can learn any spell, but the way that you learn them is by either buying spell books or by having people drop them as yeah. loot. And, right. and and real real quick, uh, that to me is like the bane of my existence in an oh, RPG. Yeah. Uh, it, it's one of the reasons why I've never really gotten into uh, Divinity: Original Sin. I don't want to go looking through the environment to find skill books. Like I I just hate that. And I know some yeah. people really love it. I despise it. Yeah. And the way that you level up your spells in Diablo One is also by finding those books again. Yeah. So and, you and find and the, fire, just, the fireball just... book again. And you, have level to eat, up fireball. and you have to eat a second fireball book to level up fireball from one to two, etc. Yeah. And um, just to go back a second, I, I kind of want to talk about my experience with Diablo 1 because I think it was really different than a lot of people. Uh, I did not have a computer to play Diablo 1. Um, so I would go over to my buddy Brian's house all the time and just play Diablo all day, every day. My experience with Diablo 1, people are going to make fun of me, is the PlayStation 1 version of diablo one the one that would uh it would take up an entire memory card for one character yeah it was, it was uh, i think it was was the number 16 memory card slots i think it was 10 10 i think it was okay. 10 so like there, there were 15 blocks on a memory card if i remember correctly i'm sure somebody will correct us uh i thought it was but 16 so, but I, I could be wrong yeah you might be right you might be right um but the really cool thing about Diablo 1 on console was that it was co-op. It was a couch co-op two-player game. So even though you didn't have the online, like that was the first like taste of Diablo on a console. And we had to wait all the way to Diablo 3. Years after Diablo 3 was released, did we finally get it on PlayStation 3 and Xbox One. And it's it's really made for console in a lot of way. I, I've talked about on Random Encounter. Haha, plug. Um, I've talked about on Random Encounter how much, like, if I was back in college, Diablo 3 would have been our dorm game all day, every day. Like, mm-hmm. we just would be playing Diablo 3 like crazy the way we played kind of a turd of a game and gauntlet legends over and over again but it was the closest <laughs> thing like, we had i like gauntlet legends. yeah but it's not the, diablo the, the, N- the n64 no, gauntlet, the n64 gauntlet legends with sumner that one yep yep oh man and um I, the other thing about diablo one that really struck me was that there was a, a lot more of a horror element to that game like it was really scary mm-hmm. you know the first time you run into the butcher oh fresh meat like that ah, was fresh meat that much better than I could do, Solosi. I, I have been I've I'm been working on that it. impression for at least fifteen years. <laughs> um, and and now with uh, them uh, doing a remastered version of StarCraft Two, and I think we're all kind of crossing our fingers that they do Diablo Two. Seems like they'll definitely do that. Uh, Diablo One's maybe more of a long shot, but part of me would like them to do a remaster of Diablo One, where they kind of double down on the horror elements a little bit. Like Diablo Three is very actiony, and I love it. I, I absolutely adore Diablo Three, but there's something about Diablo One's like 
really crunchy, scary atmosphere. Like even the music in Diablo One, which I think you should dub some of that in right here. Uh, <laughs> Diablo One is spooky. Like that's a spooky, spooky game, and I, I'd really like to see them do a remaster where they go back and double down on the the spookiness aspect of Diablo One, if that makes sense. No, I I would be into that, and um, the the music in Diablo has. Uh... I don't want to say remains the same, but it has been very consistent through the three games and how it's uh, on how sort of dark and foreboding it feels. But um, you're right that Diablo One is the scariest of the three, and I think that's that might be because of just how dangerous the game is and how easy it is to die and how the pace is. Oh, slower. oh yeah, because I mean, especially at the beginning. Yeah, and that um, whole not being able to run thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a problem. Just like, it's like, it's like the, walk, walk as fast as yeah, you can. It's like it's annoying when you're trying to chase down the last goat man in a, on a floor, but it's terrifying when you're being chased by twenty three goat men. And so that that's when the game becomes, you know, that's when it transforms from being an annoying mechanic to uh, to like a scary aspect of the game. And um, my. My experience was a little similar to yours, Rob, except I, I didn't do much playing of Diablo 1 the first time I encountered it. My friend Jason had it pretty soon after it came out. I would have been 10 or 11 since I was born in 86. But uh, I remember he was like, man, you got to play this game. And I didn't realize it at the time, but he started a new character just to see my reaction to the butcher. And yeah. I, I, I yelped like a, like the small child I was, and was a little afraid, and 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 watched Jason keep playing the game with sort of a, like a fascinated fear, <laughs> for the for a couple nights after that. And this is okay. Now, um, the the pre- episode previous to this one was uh, the Grim Fandango episode, and this is the same friend that I played. Uh, uh, full throttle with at a sleepover that I mentioned in that episode, as an aside. But anyway, um, so that was my first experience with Diablo 1. I didn't get the game for myself, partially because I didn't have a, comu- a, a good computer at the time, until all of my friends in high school were playing Diablo 2, and this would have been like 01 or 02 or so. So I decided to get the Battle Chest version of it cheap, which came with Diablo 2, the expansion, and Diablo 1. And uh, so I started playing Diablo 2 with them, with them, and a little bit later went back and played Diablo 1 myself. And it had a lot of fun, even single player, because I, I played Diablo 1 entirely in single player at that time. It, was, uh, it, it, it holds up as a cool, atmospheric action RPG, even though the core of Diablo is playing online and getting loot and running, and running dungeons, which was not my Diablo 1 experience. Yeah, I, but but I, we should, let's talk about the butcher a little more because that moment, yeah. <laughs> like it, which is many many people's first death in Diablo One, is something else, man. It, it became such an iconic bit that they they brought him back to be the first act boss of Diablo Three. And, and especially if you were playing as a sorcerer at the start of Diablo One, I mean, the three character classes in Diablo One, the sorcerer, warrior, and the rogue, they were kind of your Uh, normal, easy, difficult for the beginning part of the game, and then they kind of get flipped on their head the further you go. The warrior has a pretty easy time because he has a lot of really uh, direct damage at the start of the game, and the sorcerer is just like a glass cannon that can die in just a handful of hits, and it makes the the start of Diablo just really, really hard. Um, And I I just remember getting to the butcher, and I'm like, how am I going to beat this thing? The, uh, this is really, really tough. The, the, the sneaky strategy for beating the butcher is probably easiest with the rogue, but the butcher can't open doors. So uh, when you op- when you first open the door and he says, ah, 
fresh meat. And charges you. It's terrifying. But if you open the door and immediately run away and run into like uh, into a cell, a, a barred cell or something, and close the door behind you, then you can shoot him with arrows through the <laughs> bars, uh, and, and he won't be able to get to you since he can't open doors. That's nice. Th- th- that's the ch- way to cheese the butcher. But I definitely did not know that <laughs> the first time I played Diablo three. I'm um, Diablo one. I I just uh, I just tried to overpower him with the warrior and definitely died the first time and had to level up some. But that um, that first butcher encounter is special. And the rest of the Diablo one because it's so challenging and gets consistently more challenging, at least until unless you're a sorcerer and can you know firewall the enemies by the end of the game. Or have mana shield, and so you mm-hmm. have infinite health at the start, at the end of the game. It's it's a challenge, and part of it, and uh, I'm gonna spin this around a little bit. Um, part of why I'm so attached to the town of Tristram in that game, because uh, I mean, just you know, to, uh, for the listeners' benefit, Diablo One is just a single town, Tristram, and a 16 floor dungeon that starts in the cathedral in town, and you're just you know, trying to get to the bottom of the cathedral, of the uh, sixteen floor dungeon to defeat Di- the demon Diablo at the end, and you keep going back between town and dungeon, dungeon town, dungeon town, and I- I'm so attached to Tristram because it-, it has personality. There's a lot of characters, especially the most famous of which being, uh, being Deckard Cain, the uh, the scholar. I was gonna say, I was gonna say Farnham, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> or or Word or Griswold or, or any of those any of those jokers. I love all of them, but be- I-, I am so attached to Tristram because not. Only does it have is it you know have personality and an iconic musical theme, but it's your only safe space. <laughs> and it when is. you and when you teleport back to Tristram, you're like, oh god, I'm out of that dungeon again. Oh thank goodness. And it's uh and there's just a, such a relief of hanging around in Tristram and going and going back to Tristram that I think I got more attached to the game because of it, um, to the town because of it. Sorry. Definitely, definitely Tristram. I mean that Tristram theme is just like burned into my memory. Uh, it's I, I love just having like the Diablo music in the background when I'm grading papers or something. And the way they actually announced Diablo three was to have somebody come out and play on an acoustic guitar. That opening the chord. Theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everybody knew what was coming. Like oh, you yeah. knew what they were about ready to announce. So it had been teased that. like uh, Diablo one is just so, so good. And it, it kind of sucks that there's no easy way to play it right now. Uh, Blizzard doesn't sell it on their store. Uh, so there's no online. I'm sure people have like their own servers set up to play Diablo one, the same way you can play like fantasy star online, but that's really a bummer because I think Diablo one did so many things right. And really was a, a huge step forward for uh, Western style RPGs in a lot of ways, because it doubled down on that ass that actiony aspect of it. And so I think people would like to go back and play something like that and sort of see where was the start of the loot hack game. Oh, um, and that reminds me, did uh, did either of you play the uh, the Nightmare in Tristram or whatever it was called, a special Diablo 3 event earlier this year? I did. Tooker, did you? No, I missed out on it, unfortunately. I wanted it, to. It was really good. Like, I love the kind of retro-style pixelated animation that they used and how they, they cut down on, like, the number of animations so it looked a little old. Mm-hmm. But it... it it kind of let me down a little bit because they didn't fully recreate Diablo one. Like they didn't have the same map designs or all the same quests. So it was kind of like, yeah, the music is the same and the, the pixelated graphics are really cool, but I would have liked them to go a little bit further with it. Uh, but I can imagine how much that would cost in art assets and stuff. But 
that would kind of get around my problem, wouldn't it, of not playing Diablo 1 if they just recreated Diablo 1 in Diablo 3. Like, that would just get around my problem because then you'd have a much more modern game. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it didn't really do it for me, and it also kind of sucks that they only kept it open for a month. Yeah, that that was was puzzling. I... I, uh... I, I I thought it was a really great idea, and the retro and it was fun exploring the retro landscape a little bit. I, I played it only a little. I think I only in one sitting, probably around two hours. But I, I'm I'm not sure why they decided. They said that they would bring it back and make it maybe an annual event. But I I I don't know why they would limit it like that unless they uh, unless they planned on making it substantially more next year. Um, yeah. Yeah, you wonder if maybe they're. Just sort of testing the waters. You know, you know speak, testing the waters, I think that's... I think I, We've talked about this in other podcasts, both in Random and Retro, but I think that's what this Necromancer DLC was. It's testing the waters for, you know, continuing Diablo 3 revenue streams. Because right now the only way to get that Blizzard makes money off of Diablo 3 is people buying new copies of the game, or, or the expansion. And because, because the, uh, you know, the, uh, the auction house went over like a fart in church... And, there, and there's no subscription service or no persistent DLC like Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm have. or And, and obviously World of Warcraft has a subscription. So the, I think Blizzard knows that people like Diablo 3 and people are still playing Diablo 3. But there, it's not getting as many resources as those other games because there, it doesn't have a consistent revenue stream. And I think this Diablo 3 Necromancer was them testing the waters for new DLC, and if it's successful, we'll get more things like it. Maybe a Diablo 1 remake that with, with more resources going into it than this uh, Nightmare and Tristram event, or maybe a uh, maybe another Diablo 3 expansion, or just a big push for Diablo 4. There's a lot of interesting questions on uh, how Diablo can make money for Blizzard in the future. Yeah. And Go ahead, Tuck. It, it is a game that's been out for five years now, Yeah. Which is yep. shocking. Um, so yeah, it's, they they do have to think if we're going to continue to support this, you know, what are we getting out of it other than goodwill, which is a nice thing to have, but it doesn't pay the bills, mm-hmm. right? And, and and I and I'm hoping that people buy buy this Necromancer DLC because it is it is popular and people um I mean of course jerks on forums will always nitpick, but I think it's went over well in general in my from my estimation. I, I I want more stuff like this. Continue supporting Diablo Three Blizzard. It's super fun. Please. Yeah. Well, I think now we got to move on to Diablo Two, huh? Mm. Yeah. Uh, we, we've talked about Diablo One, but then Diablo <laughs> Diablo One was like amazing, and Diablo Two was insane. Like that uh, yeah. game was nuts. For and... a lot of years, if any any time someone asked me like what my favorite game was, Diablo Two was yep. my was my answer. I have put yep. so many hours in Diablo Two. I, Likewise, uh, and I, I only I only beat normal with four of the seven classes. I think <laughs> maybe five, but it, it uh, th- there is so much going on in Diablo Two. I think it, um, I th- I think it shaped how modern action RPGs like it work, and also probably how modern MMOs like it work because, totally. that, uh, I mean I mean the way like the the way every class is diverse and feels powerful and has specific roles. I don't, um, I don't think we would have a World of Warcraft the same way it is without Diablo Two. I'm. Is that is that is that weird to say? No, I, no, I, I think you're 100 percent right. Yeah, yeah, and and what's what's crazy to me is so I, I look back um, at what was in Diablo Two, and then there was the expansion, 
um, oh man, uh, Lord of Destruction. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that came in in the expansion. Oh yeah, that came from the expansion. They, like, yeah, like, that like was a... uh, synergies, two of the classes. Yeah. Um... Even just resurrecting your minions and being able to equip them with stuff. Oh, oh yeah, jeez. Came from the expansion. And, of course, the, the massive uh, upgrade in the uh, screen size from, was it 640 by 480 to 600 by 800? <laughs> Oh man, I, I I definitely yeah. I I think I didn't I think I mentioned before I didn't start playing Diablo two until the early two thousands, so the um, I already had the ins- expansion stuff in, so I d- I did not experience this change. That's wild. Yeah, it's um, oh, it, it made all the difference in the world. Uh, it even and and with that change of uh, what do you call it of resolution, they didn't change the size of like your character so it wasn't that your characters got like higher res it was that all of a sudden you could see a bunch more than you could see of what was around you and that's very Uh, helpful oh yeah it it made a big difference especially with you know those enemies that love to hang just on the edge of the screen shooting at you and and also i mean comparing the uh, changes from diablo 1 to diablo 2 um, there's uh, five classes instead of three, which was changed to seven in the expansion. Every class has uh, has a bunch of skills in a class tree that every level you can put one point into a skill of your choice. And um, uh, so there's, I think, the maximum... Uh, if you, you'll probably beat normal around level 30 or so, so you'll, have, uh, you, you'll be able to put points into probably, I don't know, 10 to 12 skills. Because uh, you can rank each skill up to as high as twenty, and right. uh, and I mean most of the time I'll only be using four or five active skills at most. Yeah. And so so you, you do that instead of find skills, and each each class has uh, multiple play styles and is, and feels very unique compared to the other classes. There's not shared skills like the spells in Diablo One, and uh, instead of being one town and one dungeon, there's four acts with a fifth act act added in the in the expansion with a town and a ser- and an overworld and a series of dungeons and you play the game in those distinctive chunks at those act chunks which is uh which is something they brought back for Diablo 3 so it's yeah. a, the the setup is different the action is different you can run which is maybe the biggest change of all <laughs> there's a walk speed and a run yeah. speed but you um, have a stamina meter <laughs> that's true yeah and um which, and which stops being an issue fairly early in the game but at the start it's like wow i can only run like 2 feet it's like me back in high school and then like, there's... it's just it's just not very good <laughs> well there there is one character with a teleport and one character with sort of a roll evade or two characters with sort of an evade that lets them move around faster um yeah. and it's the three women that are faster than the four men which is an interesting choice i guess uh the and um, and eventually everyone can teleport in the expansion if you get one of the rarest items in the game, which is something, I guess. Uh, it, I it, it was just that old school, like, you know, back in the day, we got a bunch of old men on this podcast, so, you know, deal with it, <laughs> youngsters. But, like, when they used to do a sequel to a video game and it was just bigger in every conceivable way, that's what Diablo 2 was. It took Diablo 1... And gave you, like Solosi saying, the four different acts, 
the game was huge. There was so much variation in the character classes, in the things that you would fight. Um, one of the moments for me that still stands out is when you get to like the brothel level of Act Two. That's right. And yeah. This, and everybody's just been murdered in this brothel, and it, it was <laughs> yeah. really dark. Then you get to Duriel, and every necromancer wants to throw their keyboard across the room because that game was really, really hard for a necro in that act. Uh, um, it wasn't. It wasn't a good much of a cup of tea for sorceresses either. <laughs> Yeah, because it, you, you really need to be tanky to face Duriel. He's he and he's maybe the hardest boss in the game when you hit Nightmare because he's they make yeah. him even worse. And it was um it was also a really good sign because that was sort of the beginning of Blizzard really uh, supporting their games. So Diablo two when it came out, um, and again I'm going to speak as a as a necromancer expert in air quotes. Um, like the summon skeleton skill was just broken when Diablo yeah. two first came out because all it did was raise up a like level one skeleton and then as you upgraded it more and more with skill points, you got to up you got to summon more skeletons, but they were just as weak. So I remember getting yeah. to and I remember getting to Andariel at the end of Act One and with one move she just wiped out all my skeletons, which was my entire source of damage. Well I mean but you upgrade your skeleton skill for more skeletons, but then you upgrade skeleton mastery to make the skeletons stronger. But it was still super weak. Right, yeah. It was still super weak and so then they didn't have anything like synergies with the, which they eventually went in and put uh, with the expansion pack the following year, like vanilla Diablo two. And I think this is going to kind of form our argument about Diablo three. When we get there, people forget that Diablo two was good when it came out, but it didn't become great until the expansion. Like there were significant problems with Diablo two. It was still a super fun game. I love it to pieces, but vanilla Diablo two was problematic much the same way we're going to talk about it. Vanilla Diablo 3 had severe issues too. And I think Blizzard's willingness to go in and be like, well, we're going to keep supporting this game speaks so highly about their company. And that's why they have these titles that people have been playing for decades now. Yeah, it's, um, that's, you know, just like I was saying about the, uh, the expansion changed and, and improved so much that you, you, if you, unless you had like a significant amount of time with it before the expansion it's tough to even remember that that stuff got added in the expansion you just think that's the way the game was um because they made like that the expansion made such a huge improvement to the overall experience yep that it was almost like a whole different game i am uh I, I will admit, uh, I know you guys uh, were, were saying earlier, I am, I jumped back into uh, to Diablo 3 while we were talking here. I, I'm, doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a rift, and I just encountered an entire pack of uh, tre- treasure goblins. Oh, jeez. Oh, wait, wait, <laughs> yeah. wait, wait are, you, are you in Greed's Lair, or was it just a pack of goblins? No, just a whole, just okay. a whole pack of them in like a, just a regular old rift. I hope, I hope uh, your inventory is clear pretty clear um i'm i'm playing this uh a seasonal character and uh it's my first seasonal character ever so uh even my stash is pretty empty i i don't have any level 70 uh seasonal folks yet so i don't have sweet half sets sitting back in there uh waiting for me to finish Ah, along but uh yes they they changed that i think we mentioned this we were talking about this before we recorded a little bit um but uh, they changed how um, the seasonal journey or season's journey uh, 
mechanic in Diablo 3 Seasons, because uh, the way seasons work for uninitiated listeners is uh, a couple times a year, they'll open a season, which I think lasts about two months, maybe two and a half months, uh, where basically everyone starts fresh, and there's leaderboards where they they track the players doing the best in the, within the season, and there's seasonal all of the new items and stuff. They roll, they roll out new items and new mechanics and new sort of mini dungeons each season most of the time, and uh, and and also in the season's journey mechanic, they basically give you player rewards for completing different objectives within a season. And some of them are like new achievements, new mounts, new uh, new little frames for your level or something. Which, uh, which you can save uh, forever, and some of which are, they give you item sets and special items that uh, boost your season progress along. So once you complete, I think, like, the Act 4 season's journey, or maybe Act 5 season's journey, but if you once you do that, you'll have a full item set, which is, can, and it can be a while getting your first item set, because once you have an item set, you start being able to beat things way faster, and uh, and sort of it, you know, it, it compiles on itself, but... Yeah, that kicks off like the whole next level of yes. gameplay. Because uh, the item the item sets in Diablo three are very very powerful, and yeah. I haven't really gone down that rabbit hole. I'm kind of a very, you know, filthy casual Diablo three player because I just find the Diablo three combat to be so damn good. I know we were talking about Diablo two, but we got yeah, distracted sorry. talking about got distracted talking about <laughs> no, Diablo no, it's gonna, we're, we're going to be jumping all over the place this podcast as long as we, we, we might st- as well as long as we keep talking about Diablo Diablo and not uh, Mel Brooks musicals. I think we're good. No, well, well we <laughs> might do a little bit of that too. But like Diablo 3's combat to me is kind of the reason why I can't go and play all the other Diablo two likes, you know, Torchlight <laughs> or Path of Exile or anything like that, because I just find that combat to be so boring now. Because Diablo 3 is like so interactive and so fast-paced and you're constantly doing things. And it also just feels good to kill monsters in Diablo 3. Like, yeah. you just murder everything. And it feels really good. If you go back and play Diablo 1 or Diablo 2, they're great. I love them, but they are really slow by comparison. Yeah. And man, you you should try a seasonal character sometime, Rob Robert. Because I did a they, little bit. I did a little bit, but then I fell out of it. Like I got busy with work and stuff, and like, it was I hard mean, to have that commitment. I, I mentioned this before, but that's kind of how I played Diablo three. Is I'll uh, I'll get super deep into a season and play it for six weeks or something, and then take a break. And my fondest memories of Diablo three are my my seasonal monk and my seasonal witch doctor that I played in. I think the witch doctor was late 2015 and the monk was sometime in 2016 but they uh that the way they have it set up so that you can compare your progress to everyone and how they accelerate the loot hunt a little bit with uh the season's journey stuff just is my favorite way of experiencing diablo and um and 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 sets like the way that they had gameplay um, revolve around item sets is super smart because they give you each each one is so fun and so different that it and uh, and there, there's even the whole set list set now thing from the uh, uh, what, what are they called? Two nice cube? No, 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 no. no. Um, it's two rings. Uh, there's there's a oh, set yeah. there's a set of two rings. One of them's the whaling host. I forget the other one. But uh, if you equip those rings, then it basically uh, um. It, Every ancient legendary you equip, other than the rings, gives um gets I, I think increases your damage by by yeah. uh, by four hundred percent and incre- and reduces yeah, damage received amount. received by ten percent or something. Yeah. It's but uh, there's so many ways to build characters in Diablo three and sets are so powerful and cool that 
the loot hunt is so so good in seasonal Diablo three. But anyway, um, back to yeah. So two. <laughs> uh, Sorry. No, but before we yeah. go back, before we go back to two, um, Robert brought up something interesting. Uh. Don't call me Robert. It makes me feel like I'm in trouble. I'm sorry, don't Rob. Do that to I'm me. sorry. <laughs> I don't. I, it says Robert Steinman on the on the window I, on the chat window. It's my it's fault. We have it's like seven fault. Robs now on the site. I have to do that. Right, and, it's, <laughs> uh, and uh, there's two Mike S's, which is why everyone calls me Solosi, which is fine. But I mean, geez, we should we should diversify our names a little bit. Maybe hire a, I don't know, a, a Trevor, but whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> so you talked about you mentioned how you can't go to games like Torchlight 2 or uh, or Path of Exile. Um, uh, Tooker or Rob, do either of you have a favorite Diablo clone? <laughs> I really enjoyed um, Torchlight. More, I think more Torchlight 2. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really enjoyed that because I, I liked the way that they took the pet mechanic and used it to get rid of some of the tedium where the, the pet could go back to town for you and and sell get... useless items. Yeah, that 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 is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, I and liked that, that a lot. That's one of the things that I've liked about sort of the progression in, in Diablo as well is the way that they've gotten rid of tedium. So I think that's why I liked uh, Torchlight the best. Yeah, you don't you don't have to identify uh, um, rare items one by one anymore. You can just do it with uh, two or three clicks. Diablo three. So, um, Rob, do you have a favorite non Diablo Diablo clone from maybe uh, maybe in a world before Diablo three? Did you have a a, a replacement? I, I tried a whole bunch. Like I remember trying Dungeon Siege three. I played that for review on the site, and I didn't really get into that. I tried Torchlight one, and I I fell into it really hard for like a night, and then I got bored by it. Uh, no, I think every one just didn't scratch that same itch for me. But I think a lot of it came down to character classes, like. I played a sorcerer uh-huh. in Diablo 1 religiously, and then Diablo 2, it has just been Necromancer all day, every day. Like, that is just one of my favorite character classes of all time. Like, it's so it's so much fun to play that class. And so then I would go in and play these Diablo-like games, and I'd have fun with them, but I'm like, yeah, but I'm not raising an unholy army of undead. And it, that, you know, <laughs> that's a little boring. Like, that, that's yeah. just something that makes me really, really happy. But, you know, none of them really... And I think the other thing is that Diablo 2 and especially Diablo 3, it's like they space out the loot at just the right time. And so a lot of those loot, uh, those Diablo-like games, it just didn't feel like the loot was coming at the right clip. And I wasn't earning skills at the right uh, level. Like, yeah, I've said this before about Path of Exile, and I know a lot of people really like that game. I think it's awesome that they've given that game so much content. But Path of Exile is a but ugly game that is really boring to play at the start and I've, I've fired it up like seven or eight times and within 20 minutes i am just bored of it like just no this isn't you know i'm past this in diablo 2 the first thing you do is summon a skeleton as a necromancer mm-hmm. and that's like okay this is a little different i'm on board with this and i just don't think that the other diablo 2 like games really hit that same measure for me as a gamer um now, I, I like Torchlight 1 and 2 quite a bit. I've played a lot of both of them. I uh, I have a level 85 or so Outlander in Torchlight 2. I should max her wow. out. I, sh- I, should, I should max her out one of these days. But uh, my, my favorite non-Diablo Diablo clone is uh, from probably over 10 years ago now. It's uh, is uh, the original Sacred. Which oh, okay. I, 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 um, it, now, there's a Sacred 2 and 3 now, and both of those are terrible. And I'm not in any way saying Sacred 1 is better than Diablo 2 or 3. That's not true at all. But uh, when I when I was a little burned out on Diablo 2, I think this is my first or second year in college, 
Um, and when I first started looking at getting things on Steam, actually, I think, uh, I, I got Sacred 1 probably in the 05, 06, 07 range and had a lot of fun with that for a month or so. It, and part of it is why uh, it's something that Robert alluded to. The eight classes in Sacred are super, super fun and diverse and interesting. Like I, I played a vampirus who was a uh, who would be like a, a knight, a sword and shield knight during the day, but because sacred has his day night cycle, and then at night I would turn into this, um, this like feral, uh, crazy, goth lady who had life, who had super fast attacks and life steal on every hit, and um, and 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 temporarily would uh, and could confuse or possess enemies if I dealt enough damage to them. Sometimes it was it, the classes. And the and the sort of high fantasy look of Sacred One and the giant persistent world, which even has a, Di- a Diablo reference in in every creation of Tristram, in in there somewhere, is a it, it's a pretty good PC action RPG that's a lot like Diablo that has a lot of weirdness around it, like um, leveling up spell your spells increases their cooldown and power. So the the best way to to upgrade your spells is to only learn them. Uh, only to get to, to level one and then get bonuses from equipment <laughs> to take care of the rest of the upgrades and damage. It's a it's a weird <laughs> vi- it's a weird vibe, but um th- that's my favorite Diablo clone answer for uh, for the most part. So back to Diablo two finally, which <laughs> I, I, I there's a one question that I have for you guys. I think it's safe to say that the necromancer is either our favorite or second favorite class for Diablo two. Yeah, because it, it's it's the yep. most. It has the most rich skill set, I think, because I mean, the, the, it, it, you can do poison, bone, uh, summoning ones with revives or skeletons, skeleton mages. There's like ten curses, and everyone will al- always learn at least one curse. Uh, it, it's the, the necromancer's great and feels like a real com- more of a complete character than the other ones. So, do any of us have a second favorite Diablo two class? I think for me, after that, it's a tough choice between both of the classes from the expansion. I really like both yeah. the Assassin and the Druid, but I, did, I think I'd give the edge to the Druid. Yeah, the Druid has so many different uh, things going on, like the ability to transform into like a werebear or a werewolf. I really, really like that. He's got some cool spells. The Assassin feels like a class that never quite got there for me. Like it's, I think it's a really interesting class based around traps and high damage, but I just never felt like she was that complete. Assassin. This Assassin Phoenix combo. Once you. You know, because like, because you know, like she has these different elemental strikes that if you cycle between them, they sort of get stronger and stronger. Right. And will right. End, and will end in a big explosive finishing move. That's a, it's a, it's really cool. And she feels like a proto version of the monk from Diablo three in that yeah, way. Yeah. But a it's lot of uh, ways. um. So I, I had a lot of fun with with my run as an assassin. Um. I think I would have really liked to have seen the assassin in Diablo three because I think with the more actiony combat of three that would work out really well, yep. uh, but they just never went to it. Uh, but I, I like the idea of that character class. I just don't think she came together fully for me. That the druid is so different than the other classes. I, I was kind of hoping that they might revisit something similar. I I was hoping that we would get some kind of character class that was based around transformations like turning into a speedy, you know, werewolf and then turning into something that's maybe hitting a little bit harder. Just total altered beast style in yeah. Diablo. I think that would be really cool and really different, a shapeshifter. Yeah, because with the three, the way the three works, that would be viable, whereas with two, you really had to choose between bear and 
wolf. Right. Or, I mean, well, the, the druid's three skill sets are elemental spells, shape-shifting spells, and summoning spells. And it was, it's really hard to focus on more than one or two sort of, yeah. sort of areas. Yeah. You kind of so, had to spec. And I, I think that you're hinting at one of the, I think, biggest... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of the weaknesses of Diablo 2, and it's one of the things that they tried to fix with Diablo 3. And, I, of course, some people are just not happy about that, and I understand that. But in Diablo 3, they did try to focus on, well, you can't break your character. It's all about trying different builds. I mean, you could put hours into Diablo 3, uh, excuse me, Diablo 2, and end up with a character class that you're just not happy with. I mean, and and uh, or even or even one like I think you can probably beat normal in Diablo two with just about any kind of character. But if you if you want to go in, in for the long haul and play through Nightmare or, or try starting Hell, the, the, there's some builds that just can't do that unless unless yeah. you're unbelievably lucky with item drops. And, and right. with Diablo, with Diablo three, they did the very smart thing of first of all accelerating the loot hunt and making item drop, drops incredibly frequent and incredibly powerful. And give, get, but giving your uh, character access to every skill, and your build is more like what skills do you pick, what runes do you attach to each skill, each skill, and what items do you use. Like instead of instead of having the build diversity around these permanent skill choices, they centered them around non-permanent item and and uh, custom, and sort of skill customization, which is a super super smart move that Diablo two purists were very mad about at first. And, that... and they're still mad about it. <laughs> yeah. well, if you're thing. mad, if you're mad about it, go and play Torchlight Two, which is like a better Diablo Two, and instead of play Di- Diablo Three, which is better than all of them, in my opinion. But so yeah, well, um... and Path of Exile has huge fans because they just made the Sphere Grid from Final Fantasy X. <laughs> so there's like infinite build options, and that's fine. And I'm sure people really, really like that. But I wanted something different out of Diablo Three. Mm-hmm. I mean. Diablo 1, 2, and 3 are three very, very different games. And, oh, yeah. And um, it, it's sort of like whenever we get a new Final Fantasy and it's something completely different, the industry kind of has to take a look at it and go, well, how do we do that? I mean, you had people making Diablo 2 clones 10 years after Diablo 2. And they're still making them, for God's sake. So, like, Diablo 3 was, okay, we're going to try something different. Yep, because there's still folks out there who that's the game that they're looking to play. So there's people still making that game and, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think any of us are trying to imply that there is, it's, it's, it's a really interesting facet of the games industry that they can do that and say, all right, we're, we're going to take what we did in Diablo one, Diablo two, and learn from it in, in this way, somebody else takes it and learns from it in a different way. Right. And, there's somebody out there having fun with all of those ways. <laughs> I was going to say, but yeah, the, the talking about that that transition, maybe you know, if we want to move officially to Diablo three. Uh, uh, I, I want to mention wanna... what my what my favorite Diablo two non necromancer character is. Quick, briefly. Oh, yeah. and, and I and I think it's it's uh, for me it's the barbarian just because. I like war shouts, and I like that. I, I like that version of. I sort of like that kind of character, the uh, um, a, a warrior sort of that you can build to be tanky or fast or uh, a couple of different things. And I and I remember it was my first Diablo two character, and I had this build that was extremely boring, where I just had three war shouts and I attacked with a with a skill called concentrate that gave me extra armor while I was attacking and I couldn't be interrupted. 
and I basically just hacked through the game while keeping war shouts out, and it was very boring compared to a Diablo 3 Barbarian even. But I just have a lot of affection for the all of the, especially all of like the audio that he says when he's grunting and shouting and <laughs> and and attacking with a with an axe and shield, which is how I played most of the game. So I, I think that Diablo 2's classes all look great and have fun fantasy surrounding them. And, and uh, but the necromancer is the best one, and whatever one is not the mec- necromancer that you prefer the most is at least looks cool, even if it's <laughs> even if it's uh, you know just a boring barbarian that hacks and shouts his way through the game, which remarkably is maybe the best way to challenge Duriel. <laughs> yeah, because because I... Duriel is the uh, we 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 mentioned him before. He's this big dumb slug with a spike on his butt. That he just charges you and slows you with an ice aura and and attacks you until you die. And if you're a squishy character with spells or evasion, then you might be hosed. But if you're a big armored paladin or barbarian, then it's the one boss that you've been waiting for the whole game. <laughs> I I will say one other thing, just something that that Rob said earlier reminded me. My necromancer in uh, two. I had started out like I I bought. Diablo 2 like the day it came out um and so I built up this character and then at some point they made a patch and they completely changed how like the skeletons worked and things like that and all of a sudden and you couldn't respec at that point later on that became a, a thing but that just meant my character was irretrievably broken who I had put you know who knows how many hours into? Could you um, respec in Diablo too? Eventually, yeah. Really, could, I didn't realize could, that. Yeah, eventually you could respec once per difficulty level, or there was like a thing that you could go through, jump through some hoops to uh, obtain oh, wow. that would let you do it more. But yeah, originally, and for for a really long time, you know. So if you had gotten somebody up to you know level sixty, you'd spent hundreds of hours doing that. Uh, all of a sudden, patch comes along, and your character is useless. Yeah, and that was really frustrating. <laughs> so that's that's a nice thing about the uh, the new method. You're you're maybe not as married to the uh, the skills and and things as you were the last time around. Yeah, and uh, the last thing I want to bring up with Diablo two. I remember reading in the instruction manual for Diablo 1, like, all of the lore of Diablo, which I, I think the the world of Sanctuary is really, really cool. Um, and we're going to talk about how the story in Diablo 3 is pretty terrible, I think. Uh, but, like, the lore that Blizzard creates is so interesting. And it was amazing to see the stories in Diablo 1, like, about uh, Talrasha being entombed with Baal, all of this stuff. They then used that for Diablo 2. And that was amazing to me as a kid. And it's still really good in terms of video game storytelling. Like they laid out where they were going with this story right away in Diablo one. And I think that was really, really cool in Diablo two, but it's been a shame since, because I think Diablo has this amazing lore, but these really, really bad storylines to go with that lore. I mean, Diablo (laughs) one and Diablo two are kill Diablo, even though there's really cool stuff going on in the periphery. But like, and you have Marius in Diablo 2, and he's a really interesting character that you never actually see in game. But like Diablo 3's storyline was so like, I know a lot of people said it was Saturday morning cartoon villainry, and it really was. 
And that was such a bummer to me because I wanted to see them like go down this path with the storyline to kind of take it back into that dark, twisted nature. And I think they got back to it a little bit with Reaper of Souls, the expansion. But Diablo 3's story, I mean, if I play one more Blizzard game where uh, a hero falls to darkness and I have to kill them, like, it's ridiculous <laughs> at this point. Like, yeah. it's, it's absolutely it's, ridiculous. It's, it's even the mimicked, same story. It's even mimicked in Torchlight, too. How the, uh, they, they basically recreate the fallen hero thing in uh, with the alchemist in uh, to, in Torchlight 1 sort of becoming right. the Dark Wanderer of, of Torchlight 2. It's it's so rote now that if they do a Diablo 4 or a new Diablo 3 expansion with the same thing, it's... It, I mean, they, they have to be in on the joke by this, by this yeah, time. Yeah, it's... It's getting a little ridiculous. And, you know, to complain about video game story, I know a lot of people don't play video games for story, but Diablo has this really, really cool world, and it's so dark and, like, mysterious. And for it to just, you know, get down to an evil kid is actually a demon lord. Like, oh, come on. Like, seriously? So now we got to talk about Diablo 3. All right. <laughs> Finally. Yep. First person to bring up Error 37, I'm punching you in the nuts. Uh, I'm yeah. so tired of that. Oh uh, yeah, that we, we we sprinkled Diablo three commentary throughout all of this non Diablo three discussion, uh, other than the necromancer stuff at the beginning. But I mean, Diablo three started out extremely similar to Diablo two, where you would have to uh, you went through the four acts of the game through normal, then nightmare, then hell to sort of get your levels up and to progress through the uh, the long term grind of the game. Um, it sucked. And it that was, really no. sucked. It it didn't yeah. really work, especially since the um, it, it was extremely limited what builds and characters could be successful in the uh, in the final mode of the game, which I, I think was was it Hellfire or? Oh uh, no, no, it was still no uh, no, no it was something I after there's something after no there's something after Hell it was Inferno that was it Inferno mode. yes Inferno yeah. you're right and, the, and that then, was just not fun that yeah, was no. just not fun and but you then it did the... something that is now endemic to Diablo three that I can hardly remember it without it is. Uh, instead of running through the game multiple times at different difficulty modes, there's basically a slider where you can choose your own difficulty, and higher difficulty means stronger enemies and more damage and more health, but also more rewards. And uh, and and uh, torment is the highest difficulty, but there's also but now there's levels of torment one through thirteen, maybe higher than thirteen. I don't I'm not positive because I know they've increased number of torment levels over the years and months. But, as far as I know, 13 is as high as it goes right okay, now. Okay, okay. And, and there was a noble quality to it. I remember when they talked about how they were making Inferno mode so that you could play Diablo forever. And that was a really noble idea because when you played Diablo 1 and Diablo 2, it was normal nightmare hell. And then you really had nothing else to do unless you wanted to do uber bail runs in Lord mm -hmm. of Destruction. Um, so Inferno mode was this really good idea. But the loot system, it would take forever ever for you to just get a minor increase to one of your core stats while on inferno and like mm -hmm. it was just death over and over again until you got those minor increases you would walk you would run into mobs that you just couldn't beat like yeah. you were just gonna die over and over again um and that was super frustrating i remember i, I think my uh, desk uh that i'm playing at right now my desk has like a permanent indentation in it where i like just started punching the crap out of it because I just got so frustrated dying to the same mob again and again and again. So they went in, and with the console release of Diablo 3, they, they first introduced Loot 2.0. And Loot 2.0 was designed that, like, okay, we are going to give you loot at an accelerated rate. 
It's going to be designed to make your character class stronger. And the higher, ha- and, that, and that was when they introduced the higher difficulty is higher loot drops thing as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it was yeah. a, it, it revolutionized the game because up until that point, they really wanted you to like, oh, you're going to get something for your demon hunter. So even though you're not playing a demon hunter right now, you're going to put it into your stash and then you'll use it with your demon hunter later. That was a very noble idea. They wanted you to play all the character classes, but that also meant that like, hey, I'm trying to level up my witch doctor here and I'm getting demon hunter loot and I don't even have a demon hunter. And so loot 2.0 really revolutionized the game. And that was the first step to making Diablo three super fun. Yeah, it was, uh, it it was really especially painful when you went through all that trouble and maybe you would finally get like a piece of a set or something that you had been looking for, but it increased the wrong primary stat so it was so much worse than the gear you were currently using you would be a fool to equip it right and that that change yeah it was huge speaking of the console release um that is actually my preferred way to play it because i've I've never Mm -hmm. been really good at clicking exactly where i want to click um and so in the pc version which i also played and enjoyed um I would just constantly find myself clicking on another enemy instead of running away when I was trying to run away or things like that. And, uh, yeah. So I know other people like Scott, I know on the site, uh, really prefers the uh, PC version. What, what version do you guys like? Um, uh, I, I play on PC because I mean, I, I guess this makes me a uh, an elitist jerk, but I, I, that's sort of how I think those games are meant to be played. It's how I interpret them. This kind of game, I'm used to playing them on a mouse and keyboard. This is sort of how I want to play them. How and uh, and so I've always played Diablo three on a PC, but the, um, I have played the console version um, at friends' places. Uh, because it's it it's it's a good it's good multiplayer and it works really really well and I know that um, uh, RPG fan podcast regular Peter Treisenberg plays a fair amount of Diablo three on console and uh, it's it's really good he recently got a, a Necro to seventy I think y- yeah, yeah Rob it sounds sounds like you uh, you're a PC guy as well uh, mostly PC especially because I, I play a lot of Diablo three single player I kind of find it my relaxing game but uh, that's I've exclusively. Got a couple- that's exclusively what I should what I play. I should have mentioned that at some point in here. I I never ever in any incarnation play multiplayer. I, I do a little bit of multiplayer. Uh, I'll play with a couple of my friends, but if I am gonna play with my wife, uh, then we we'll, we will play on console. We actually haven't played in a really long time. Our, our Switch is getting way too much puyo puyo action th- these days. But that console version was really really good to play with my wife, and we would just like sit down. She'd she'd have a glass of wine. I'd have a glass of scotch, and we would just play Diablo three. And that was a really good couch co-op experience whereas uh you know we both have computers right next to each other in our office but i wouldn't enjoy playing that as much with her like off to the side there's something about that interactive quality so it really depends on which version i think if they released a version i've said this before on random encounter if they released a version of diablo 3 for switch i'd buy it in a heartbeat uh because i kind of want diablo 3 on I, i want diablo 3 on everything like, yeah. it, it's so goddamn good. I want it on everything. <laughs> Gotta be playing it on the Switch with one hand, and on Vita with the other hand, playing it, you know, uh, um, ad hoc from a PS4. Just as much Diablo 3 as possible. Yeah. Uh, I, dictating I should say... it to Siri, playing it on a, on a Mac. 
that is the one the one uh multiplayer that i do also is uh playing it with my wife i used we used to play diablo 2 on pc uh we had we'd, we'd set it up on two computers and uh we played three on console together because uh, she really enjoys it even though like she she just said yesterday i i like games but i don't think of myself as a gamer well diablo is not a game it's a way of life <laughs> i'll tell her that it's true <laughs> well it doesn't matter how you enjoy diablo whether it's you know 80 hours over two weeks like how i play it sometimes or just very casually never even touching ladder or seasonal modes it's it's super fun. It is one of the most entertaining action RPGs on the market period, and I'm real interested in how it continues because we mentioned this earlier. How it's uh we're not it's unclear how Blizzard wants to continue making money with Diablo three because uh, um and the Necromancer feels like an experiment in paid DLC for it, a, a mostly successful one. So um, what do you all think about the possibility of a Diablo three expansion or moving on to a Diablo four. Like I, I know how I know mu- uh, we care much more about the gameplay than the lore of Diablo. Even though the lore of Diablo is cool, uh, and uh, Diablo three ends on a really interesting note where um, Tyrael and Imperius are worried that the hero or the Nephilim, which is like a you know, which is basically a super powered human, has become so powerful that they may end uh, end end angels and demons permanently. Um, what do you want to see out of a Diablo 3 ex- future expansion or a Diablo 4 specifically, whether it's gameplay-wise or lore-wise? Um, still start with you, Rob. Um, I-, I would like to see another character class if they do an expansion. Uh, I think that's kind of important. They could go to the Druid or the Assassin like we were talking about before or something entirely new. Um, you know, another act, another story-focused act would be important for me, uh, and then continuing to do the endgame content the way they have. But at this point, I feel like Diablo 3 is kind of done. Like, I, I would be okay if this was it. Uh, there's so much content there to keep playing through. For a Diablo 4, I, I, I want to give credit. I think it was a Polygon article or something I was reading where they said, you shouldn't even call it Diablo 4 at this time because I swear to God, if Diablo comes back, I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what it should be called is Sanctuary. The world of Diablo three or something like that, um, and Diablo three should... Sanctuary would be a cool name for expansion, yeah. or ju- or just Diablo Sanctuary or something like that. Um, but just something that you know, let's let's completely redo everything. Uh, even though I think the core of Diablo three is really good, I think at that point that's what you need to do is something entirely different, or make a loot game in another universe. Like I wouldn't mind a sci-fi setting for a loot based game as long as it isn't too human. Um, I think that they could go down another path and still have like, this is a spiritual successor to Diablo, but it's in an entirely new world. Cause I think they've, I think they've kind of done everything they can do with the Diablo world from a story perspective and starting fresh seems like a really good idea for them. Well, I mean, personally, I think that if there's a Diablo three expansion, a new character class, is that an absolute must? Um, uh, your idea about a shape-shifting class is really intriguing to me. I think that could work, especially if there's if there's multiple forms that have different strengths and weaknesses, and maybe specking into more than one form. Like like instead of having you know, uh, to use if it's the druid for say, like instead of having one armor set be all about werebear and one armor set be all about werewolf, I like the idea of mechanics where 
doing some time in Werebear and some time in Werewolf enhances, like, uh, gives you some kind of bonus to encourage using more of the skill set. That, like, that kind of version of a shapeshifter intrigues me a lot. And uh, there's one minor, to, for a lore thing, there's one minor thing uh, that they bring up at near the end of Diablo 3's Act 5 where uh, some of the Haradrim around, the Haradrim are like the sort of the, uh, the secret order of, um, you know, containing and stopping the demons. Uh, um, uh, they mention that there's a, an incident in Scovos, which is where the Diablo 2 Amazon is from. So I thought that a possible expansion with an Act 6 in Scovos might have been a thing. And especially since uh, Diablo has a history of former heroes turning into villains, I, I had this, you know, fanfic quality idea of them going to Scovos, all of the Diablo 2 heroes have become corrupted or evil, and you have to kill them uh, <laughs> in, uh, because they're all trying to, you know, seize Diablo's power from the Black Soul Stone or something. So well, I... I... And- that they've kind of hinted at that in Diablo 2. You you kill mm-hmm. Bloodraven, who's supposed to be the rogue from Diablo 1, possibly. Yeah, no, and, the, and uh, the summoner, who's the sorcerer from Diablo 1. And the Dark Wanderer is definitely the warrior from Diablo 1. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So they that would be aligned with what they usually do. You know, I'm not ready <laughs> to throw the world of Diablo out, the, out with the bathwater, but, like, I, I think they do need to try something a little different and at the very least work on the storytelling a little bit because i know we're not coming here for stories (laughs) diablo has cool lore but really really weak stories yeah i mean the the story i think i did that for like a top five worst stories on the site one time and i put diablo like right at number one because i'm like you you have all this potential for great story and y'all just keep screwing it up like what, what is the matter with you people like if you guys are have had your say i'll I'll jump in with mine as well on on that please I definitely agree about the idea of, you know, if there's another expansion, I would love to see a, a druid-type class come back. Uh, like you said, the idea of being able to switch between multiple forms um, and making that be a, a cool, fun thing to do, that seems like it, it's got a lot of potential. Um, I would like, you know, if they if they do go that route, I, I guess I would like to see either, like Rob suggested at the very beginning, I think we were recording at that point, um, of the price point being a little lower if it's just another class, or if they, you know, want to have a little higher price point and include another act, great. Uh, I think either way is okay. Um, the idea of... Uh, like, like you said, also the, the the idea of bringing Diablo back again, uh, I'm not really into. They said at the end of like the expansion for Diablo three, they're like, "Oh no, you Malthael absorbed the Soul Stone and then you killed him, and so Diablo's essence is free in the swear world to again." God. I swear I like, to God, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't do don't, that. Don't. We've already done this a few times now, so <laughs> let's let it go. It's okay. Um, but the idea of taking like this world for... Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Um, totally different series that starts with D, but yes, that that's something that we don't need. Sorry, Tucker. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, but the idea of taking it forward uh, actually intrigues me. There's a, a, a series of books. I don't, I don't know if we've talked about them, uh, the Mistborn books. Uh, it's a fantasy series classic sort of fantasy setting you know sort of medieval-y um 
but the author, as uh, Brandon Sanderson had said, like right from the beginning, okay, here's my plan. I'm going to write a trilogy of books set in that setting in medieval times. And then I'm going to write another trilogy in the same world, but set more in like what we would consider current times where they still can do magic and stuff, but they've used that as part of, you know, what's the, the saying sufficiently advanced science is indistinguishable from magic. Mm, yep. Well, sufficiently advanced study of magic becomes science. Right. And then uh, he wants to write a third trilogy that's set even in the future, like sort of, so sort of a sci-fi, but based in a fantasy world. Um, he hasn't gotten that far yet because he had this other idea of making like a wild west trilogy um, based in this same world with the same magic systems. I would love to see them do something like that with Diablo, where yeah. now the characters and even the enemies who you fought uh, in the first three games are, you know, not forgotten lore, but they're, you know, the stories from thousands of years ago. Um, and the world has moved on. You know, there's there's so much fun to this gameplay that I would love to see them just, you know, take it in that new kind of direction and see what they can do with it. I think that's an awesome idea. Uh, I actually did read the original Mistborn trilogy, and I have the, the new books. I haven't gotten to them yet. And uh, Joe Abercrombie's doing the same thing with his first Law trilogy. He's pushing it forward to a more industrial age, like not a huge jump in the future, but like 50 years. Uh, so now you're going to see like steam power and stuff. And I think that's a really cool idea. And I think you could do it with Diablo in a fun way and keep that gameplay rolling. I, I would love that Tooker. You need to go work at Blizzard. Tell, <laughs> tell them <laughs> to did, do that. They did hire, uh, or at least put out a, um, an open hire for, um, people to for it was specifically about Diablo and writing and storytelling. I think I want to say it was two years ago, so that that got people buzzing about maybe an expansion announcement at the next BlizzCon or something, which did not happen. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, um, they're definitely making more Diablo, but the question is exactly how: whether it will be an expansion, a Diablo Four, or continued iterative DLC like um, like the Necromancer, or like in uh, in late 2015, early 2016, when they created Kanai's Cube, which had its own little dungeon and lore surrounding it. Uh, and it's named after Kevin Kanai, a, uh, a, a Blizzard designer who died, unfortunately died young a few years ago. I didn't um, know that aspect. And, and also, Kanai's Cube is great. It's like a, uh, it adds even more customization levels to skills and, and, uh, and items in Diablo 3. It's completely wild. And um, being able to equip skills free of their weapons... Um, just is an unbelievable change that made some of my builds way more fun. <laughs> yeah, Rob, I know you said you, you hadn't got into it yet. For anybody else out there who hasn't, uh, Kanai's Cube is a an item in town that uh, I think you can only access it in adventure mode, um, but mm, then you can, get the right. mm -hmm. you can get the benefits in all the modes. Um, but what it lets you do is feed it uh, some consumable items and a legendary item and it takes and it sort of it, it eats the property of that legendary item and then you can equip one weapon property one armor property and one uh, jewelry property ring or, yes. or 
uh, amulet so that, at that, all times, even though you don't have that item anymore. Yeah, so um, that, that lets me do things like um, if I'm a witch doctor, the, the witch doc, uh, uh, the most powerful witch doctor armor items are usually masks. They're, like the witch doctor masks gives you all kinds of uh, powerful bonuses. So as a witch doctor, that lets me. Um, equip a full Witch Doctor armor set and get that set bonus, but then using Kanai's Cube, I can equip the bonus from a mask that otherwise wouldn't fit on my build and uh, and do that way. Or if I equip the... Uh, um, oh, shoot. There's a ring that lets you uh, get a full set bonus with five items instead of six. Right. A ring of Royal Grandeur. That's it. So if I equip a ring of Royal Grandeur and a big Witch Doctor set and a legendary mask, and then I that lets me get the full set... The, the legendary mask bonus, and I can equip the le- the bonus of a second legendary mask, and like yeah. allowing you to do things like that is is why Diablo 3's loot hunt and uh, and tinkering is among the best looting and tinkering in RPG history. Yeah, because so I mean, I mean, fun. all three of us we have to love. I mean, we love tinkering, right? Am I yeah. am I right in assuming that? True. Yeah, I just I, I haven't gone down that rabbit hole because I'm scared oh, of what it will do to me. It's an amazing oh, rabbit hole, dude. It's super fun. <laughs> Um, the other thing that they, (laughs) the other thing they just added, um, I think they just added it, uh, were the, our, uh, challenge rifts. That's a new, uh, feature with the latest patch. Uh, you don't have to, as far as I understand, you don't have to buy the Necropanzer DLC to get it, but it was, it, it came out at that same time. And what it does is it lets you take somebody else's build, um, and run it through a rift and see if you can beat their time. What? And they, yeah, and they they do different. Uh, it's it's. I think like every it's everybody is playing the same build at the same time, and it's just for a few days, and then they switch off to a new one. Um, let's see what's if if they're still on the same one that they were on because I beat one um, recently. Um, it's just if you go into the game settings from the main menu where you previously you had campaign and adventure mode, now there's challenge rifts. Yeah, the uh, the current one is uh, somebody who uses a um, uh, a wizard build with a lot of lightning. It's super fun, um, and you go through it and you get you get rewards, you get loot from uh playing somebody and, and else's it goes, and it, go, it goes to your loot chest after the challenge rift is done or something yeah they added a, a little pillar in town oh, um, okay where you pick up your reward it, well it's official everyone diablo 3 is an arcade game and now we are uh by by setting identical conditions and trying to get the high the high score or high or best time uh, it's it's an arcade game now. We are living where in a world where arcades are dying and everyone's playing Diablo 3 instead, and that's not so bad. I'm okay with this. Well, okay, we've talked about many Diablo topics for close to uh, uh, well over an hour by now. Does, is there anything that we want to specifically address that we've avoided thus far? I can't think I, of anything. I, I can just talk about Diablo all day. Yeah, all I would say is that if you if you're listening to this and you tried Diablo three when it very first came out and you were like, No, I'm just not really enjoying this, try it again. Or if you heard things about it, such as the error that shall not be named, uh when it first came out, um and that turned you off, try it again. Um the you know, whether you want to play it on console or on PC, like both ways are super fun. It's it's a whole different game than it was when it originally came out, and that is uh, really to Blizzard's credit. They, you know, kudos to them. 
totally. They they did an awesome job with it, and I, I know uh, for some people it's still okay to hate on it, and I, I can understand where they're coming from. Like, you know, this is why we can't have nice things, and whenever they announce something new for Diablo 3, you, you have people bitching and moaning about it, and just like, oh no, they ruined Diablo 3, blah, 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 blah. Like, it is a super fun game. It is super, super fun. And, I mean, we've mentioned this throughout the episode, but there are so many ways to enjoy Diablo, whether it's on PC or console or sort of casually or in the intense seasonal modes or following high scores and playing challenge rifts or just even playing your own little single-player wizard and uh, and shooting people with your big disintegrate laser beam for a, few, uh, for a couple hours a week. There's... Uh, there's so it, Diablo three has become a pillar of Blizzard's you know temple that millions of people worship at on the on the regular, and it's a it's it's my favorite Blizzard property and one of my favorite uh, series of all time. And I mean, over this episode, we're talking about Diablo one, two, and three, and how the series has evolved and modernized over time. Only makes me more excited for what Diablo has in the future because I think Blizzard knows their audience and knows what's good about Diablo. And any future Diablo we get is going to be quality stuff like the Necromancer and uh, maybe fewer things like an auction house. <laughs> yes, thank you. I need your help right now, guys, because I have some books that I'm trying to get rid of from my stash, and uh, the blacksmith already knows them. How do I get rid of them? This is ridiculous. Oh, I think I'll, I don't. I think you could. You just have to drop them. I don't think I can even drop them on the ground. Oh, no, okay, I, all right, I dropped them, but the uh, but the transmogrify ones will not drop, and that's stupid. That's weird. Huh. And, and your blacksmith already knows them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've I'm gotten... guessing it's because I've been playing so many different versions of Diablo three over the years that oh. it's like some kind of compatibility issue. The game's like, wait, what are you doing? Did, okay, now Rob, oh, as, a, as, a, as a physics professor, does this violate the Pauli exclusion principle? Uh, a little bit, yeah. A little bit. Okay. We just we just let it go though. All right. I try not to overthink these things. <laughs> I try. I'm I'm not always successful. All right. Well, if we're if we're talking about you know Diablo three glitches and the Pauli exclusion principle, I think we're about exhausted on Diablo talk for this podcast. So thank you, listeners, for um, paying attention to us for uh, your commute or your gym trip or you sitting at home with a glass of wine or however you enjoy podcasts. My name is Mike Solosi and I'm the I've been your host today. So um starting with you, John, if a listener wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do so? By way, um, th- th- this basically is my way of asking, hey, what's your social media junk? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I try to stay pretty quiet on all that stuff. Um uh, but my email address is uh, because I'm managing editor. My email address is a few places on our about us page. Uh, so if folks do have comments. I'm, I'm happy to chat, but emails about the best way. All right. And uh, Rob, what kind of uh, social media or forum stuff can, uh, how, how can fans reach you? <laughs> uh, best way to reach me is at Robert at RPG or just send me a direct message on the message boards. I am once again, pale Robbie. All right, and I am Monsoon on the boards at the Real Monsoon on Twitter. I don't think either of you gentlemen have Twitter, which is uh, maybe admirable. <laughs> I would just say. try. It's just one more thing to keep track of. I, right. I just, uh. I'm on that damn thing too much, honestly. 
Uh, but and also, if you want to email me, the best way to do so is uh, either by my RPG fan email, Solosi at RPGfan.com, or just email retro at RPGfan.com because I'm the one that uh, reads that email address most of the time. And if you want to um, experience other cool RPG fan content, you can go to the website RPGfan.com and check out its message boards. Go to our Facebook page, just search for RPGfan.com, or check out uh, um, our presence on Twitter, which is at RPGfan.com. Those social media st- uh, aspects of the website are mostly run by Steph and Nilsson, who you may have heard on these podcasts before, and both of them do excellent, excellent work. Please bug them. <laughs> So I I think we're about good today. So, uh, listeners, good night and good luck.